Miscellaneous. All right. Uh, in a minute here, we're going to get uh, our wonderful friend Todd coming up here. Now, come on, Todd. Everybody, welcome Todd Haffernell. Todd's been here for how long, Todd? How long have you been at Community Church for now? Maybe a year and a half. Year and a half. You get to sit in the middle. Year and a half. All right. So today we kind of have a uh, a special guest speaker, and uh, we're just so honored that uh, Todd's been part of this house now for a year and a half. Uh, he's just been a blessing to get to know. I knew him as a young kid. Actually, we uh, all worked together. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, reliable landscape. Reliable landscape with uh, Lauren Eidick. Yep. And so I hadn't seen him probably in what, 20 years? Are we going to get him? Should we sit somewhere or is this okay? Nowhere else to go. Okay. We're gonna gonna There's a ring up here. so. <laughs> Anyways, I hadn't seen him in about uh, 20 years and then I ran into him at Community Church a year and a half ago and he's been here ever since. And uh, we've asked Todd to share because this man is, he's an evangelist. And we're in a season right now where we feel like the gift of the evangelist is rising back up because the harvest is ready and God is doing something and God has been using Todd. And so we're excited to uh, be partnering with Todd and we're really excited just for Todd to share his heart, his vision and what God's been doing with him out in Ottawa. Yeah, let me just uh, say this, that, you know, part of what we need to be as the body of Christ is people who love and, uh, you know, oftentimes people will come to me and say, hey, you got, we should do this. And usually when people say we should do this, they mean me, yeah, the administration of the church. But how many of you know that the Bible says that God has given pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers for the training, the perfecting, the, the growth and development of the saints for the work of the ministry? The work of the ministry is largely done, you know, out there by, by people who love their neighbors, by people who care about their co-workers and their friends. And so um, it's not the church's job to administrate everything. It's up to us to fulfill our particular passion. And, uh, and, the, and even the evangelist, even the evangelist in the church, the evangelist, it's greatest gift. We put them in crusades. We say, I'll oh, go do some crusades in India. You know, and that's great. And you can do that. But one of the things that the evangelist is given for the saints. And what the evangelist does is gives us a passion to win souls. And I, w- I want you to know we need more soul winners in, this, in, the, in our church. We need more soul winners and harvesters in our communities. And clearly, Todd is among them. And so uh, he's initiated this project. We're going to have him share. We're going to ask questions because, you know, he, he, uh, he sometimes he follows those little rabbits down their trails. And so we're going to, you know, use questions and we'll see how it goes. Because we want him to share his heart and his burden to inspire us uh, for what God is doing. Because even the way we just prayed for our community, there is a, a lost and dying world out there. And you may not think that they want what you have, but they desperately do. They just don't know it yet. Jesus is the desire of all nations, but the nations don't know it yet. But they will know it. 
So Todd, why don't you tell us uh, what's going on in Onaway and how this whole thing got started? Can I just go on the rabbit trail for a minute? Go on a rabbit okay. trail real quick. Okay. Yeah, do it. We'll pull it in if it's yeah. too long. Yeah, if it's too, pull me back in. I have to, uh, I have to come back down here for a minute because I said it to Murray. Um, you're going to tie this all in. We'll work it out. We're here for you, buddy. There's a place in, in the church we grow up, and we think the goal is to get here. And I thought I had that mastered until minutes ago when Chris said, we're going to uh, have somebody special come to the church. We're sitting here asking Holy Spirit to do something. And I'm sincere with him. And then he pokes that pride in me because something rises up. I'm like, oh, he must be talking about me. I'm somebody special. Let, let's just ask that. Let's put that right at the cross right now. I couldn't stand here and do what we're doing in Onaway unless it's with some special people hearing from God and coming alongside me. But I wanted to point that out because I was just like, man, God, like, can you just like once not touch something? <laughs> Holy Spirit is a comforter, and God is coming to purge stuff in us, in me. The pride, the selfishness, the acceptance that you guys be like, hey, he's the evangelist. I'm nothing without Jesus Christ. And, and that's what, when we move forward here, that's where we want to, they're going to help me draw this out of me. But, so. Okay, so okay, now he's no. going to answer a question for okay. us. But you know what, I just feel like we need to pause. We're going to pause. I want you to stretch your hands towards him right now because we're going to pray for him, right? Because we know the Holy Spirit's going to work through him today, right? We know that because the Holy Spirit had this plan a long time ago. And so, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would be with Todd, that you would guide Todd, that you would release through his mouth your words that would penetrate our hearts, that they would guide us, that they would encourage us, that they would challenge us. Holy Spirit, come and move in this man, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. Right, so tell us, what's your, what's your burden? How did it start? Um, 2007, the Lord really touched me. And he said, surrender. He showed me my wife, my family, my job, my business. And I went to the front, and that's what I did. Let's jump it up to 2017. Because we think, oh, it's a done deal. I surrendered it. Ten years later, I started, he started putting his finger on what that meant. I'm sitting in Haiti on a roof in a foreign country in a position where it wasn't very comfortable. If God didn't show up, um, and my pride wasn't crucified right there, I was in a bad place. But he said, I need you now to go home and love your wife. I had a choice to stay there or kill the pride and come home and love my wife and my family. I chose the latter. I came home and loved my wife. At that point, something shifted in our marriage, I believe, that was so pivotal that the threefold cord. When it's right with him, it's right with her. When it's not right with him, 
have a loving wife that is strong enough to call me out on my nonsense. So, <laughs> I'm driving down Main Street, 2018, in Ottawa. Hear the Lord's voice again. First time with surrender, go love your wife. Then he says, I need you to buy Laramie's. I'm like, what? Laramie's is this building. Explain that. We have this old building in our, our main street. It, was, it, it went from a hardware store 100 years ago and transitioned into a, a bar. And then the last five years has been a clubhouse for the bikers. Not a very good place. It, it's, it, the bikers have been pushed out of town. Um, the bikers are there, just so you know that, because uh, Spruce Grove and Stoney was, didn't allow them him here in your guys' turf. So you guys sent him to Onway. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't you guys. But that's, that, everything comes to Onway. Everything's it's cheap to live there. It's drugs are an issue. Anyways, back to the trail. God says, buy this building. I, I stopped the truck. And I happen to be, I look over, there it is. I'm like, what? I know that's you, but that doesn't make any sense. He says, what was once used for restora- uh, re- destruction will now be for restoring families. So I thought, that's pretty good. <laughs> but still, like, I have a wife. I have a, like, how, like, what this? He put on my heart to phone three people. So I text them. And I said, this is what I just heard the Spirit say to me. What's your thoughts? Pray on this. Let me know. You don't just go cut a check. You need to make sure it's the right spirit speaking this. The, large, the right voice, I may, I may say. The third person got back to me and says, that's interesting. And I said, interesting? On the text. Restoring families? Like, and I just got really passionate about, are you kidding me? Like, this is awesome. I wasn't supposed to text him, and I knew it. I said, please forward this to your mom. Two days went by. I didn't hear nothing. I heard something from the first two people. I texted the third person. I said, did you tell your mom? No, I forgot. I stopped the truck. I phoned her. I started sharing my heart with this lady. What God was putting on my heart for this building, she went quiet, and she started to share her heart. Back in 1990-91, the Lord put the same vision in her heart, a place for families to come be restored. We had a beautiful time on the phone, cried. She felt she missed it. I said, you didn't miss it. God's timing always gets what he wants done. We're going to move on this. So we could continue to just move to get confirmation. It was a sealed deal for me. Met the realtor, signed the check, we're done. We walked into that uh, building uh, the first, first day, and I walked in there with my nephew and niece um, and, and my wife. First my wife, then nephew and niece came in alongside, and we went for coffee. Up. They opened their diary and started sharing their heart, that, what God was putting on their heart. And the scriptures back in 2015, what God was doing about uh, creating a... a, a a space for families to come, be restored, families to be accepted, uh, that there were to be no judgment, there would be just uh, love, grace, 
mercy, forgiveness, uh, kind of describing a church, but <laughs> it's not a building, it's who we are. <laughs> and at that point, uh, my wife realized, uh, she's here, so she's going to tell me if I made up stuff. I don't see her yet, though. <laughs> I think it just clicked for my wife at that point. And she just, this is, there's something here. And uh, something special. So second day in, we decided we, it's, it's, the Lord was very specific. He says, I need you to uh, have a time of prayer, worship, invite everybody who would come. So we, we entered into this old, it's, it's still a bar. It's, everything's in there. Drew came out, some of the others came out from here. People from the community, we just had a time of worship. And I believe the Lord was doing a house cleaning. In that building, but in our hearts. At that point, to me the building, the building represents my life. This building had layers and layers of nonsense, of psychology, of ideas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not going to apologize. I'm pretty raw. <laughs> uh, just layers of silliness on it. And I could see that. And, I'm, and when I went to tell the town what we, what we were going to do with this, she just says, that thing is too far gone. The whole community, our, our town is, looks for opportunities to make money. Lots of businessmen there. Everybody said that thing is done. It is ready to fall down. I was holding what the Lord showed me and said, it doesn't matter. He told me to do it. We're moving forward. When I sat with town councilor in the town, they uh, and, and shared what this place was going to be, uh, be, and they said, their words were, we don't need another church in town. That was their words. I said, I love the church. I love the bride. She needs to look like something, and you will see it on Main Street. We're not here to preach we're here to demonstrate his goodness for this community. And he's going to demonstrate his power, his love, his mercy in this building. These are the first things that came out of my lips at, on November 1st. I can get you guys fired up and excited. That's what we declared. We went a year in this. As we started peeling back the layers... I don't think we realized how bad it was in here on us. He started pulling the layers back. Main structural beams are broken. There's, there's fire in the wiring behind the walls, hidden, ready to burn this place down. I remember uh, sitting on the roof with a good friend of mine. There was uh, 5,000 gallons of water on that roof because the roof was like this. And we spent, and we had a moment up there five hours of pumping water off this thing and just asking the Lord, why didn't this fall down? Why didn't this fall down? And he says, I would call to you guys to remove that weight off the people. This is where we're going as the foundry group. This is the heart of the project. And so as we continue to move forward as a group, uh, a small group, others started to come in 
But as you're moving forward, things are being worked out in my heart. Things are being worked out in the construction part. And things are being worked out in the group. And everybody's growing together in this. There's, there was times, there's times where I get frustrated, like, why isn't he there? Why isn't he there? Why is, and the Lord said, what business is it of me? Of me to say who's there, who's not? If he comes into the beginning, middle, or end, the Lord's doing the work. This all ties into here. I'm hoping. This is what we're called to do. So, um, why don't you tell us about a couple of miracles that have taken place so far? I guess the, the one that really rocks the core group and was just confirmation right at the start, we've seen the main structural beams, uh, headers, were all compromised. People wanted a bar, they cut out a section. People wanted this, they cut out a section. You know, I'm not a construction guy, but it didn't look good. Uh, <laughs> When, when the thing is like this, I know that's not good. Um, how are we going to fix this? And, and, and a good friend of mine, he caught the vision how we're going to fix this. And he started talking about beams. Um, and uh, I was like, where are we going to get structural beams? You know, I don't know what the length of them were, but 30 feet, or it had to go the whole span of the building so we could have no, uh, open floor space. And uh, one day, uh, I had to go, I went to the car wash, and I was kind of frustrated and agitated, so I said, Lord, like, what am I doing here? There's so much to do, and I'm at the car wash. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I could be doing something more productive. And he just put on my heart to look to the left. I looked to the left, and like, there the beams were. Pretty much, eh, Paul? <laughs> they were laying in a snowbank. So I said, I just knew in my heart, those are our beams. How do we get them into the building? So the Lord said... So you're going to steal them? <laughs> they're pretty heavy. Yeah. So uh, I continued to wash my truck. I said, Lord, okay, I know they're my beams. How do we get them? And so I decided... Uh, he, he led me to the water store to get water jug. Just continue about my day, but in communion with my dad. Communion with my father is key. Just asking him, like, in my head, like, where, how are we going to do this? All of a sudden, I run into the town, mate, uh, town manager. And I said, hey, there's some beams laying in the snow. Whose are they? He says, oh, there's a number on the truck. Go phone it. So, okay, so go back to where the beams were, see the number on the truck, and it's all smashed up, this truck, because the guy abandoned this stuff seven years ago phone the number, it works, the guy comes out, meets with us, find out he's been beat down by everything in life, the world, he's negative, he's upset with Onaway, negative with the church, negative with everything. Why do you want my beams? So we take him over the building, we show him the building, he says, uh, I remember this place, that's where I lost all my money in that VLT machine. So we have a time with this guy, Still not knowing if he's going to help us because he's kind of feeling us. Up. Are we another group that's just going to take advantage of him to beat him? And we're just saying, we could use these. Would you like to sell them? Let me just say, we, we still don't have... Uh, we're trusting God in every aspect of this. The foundry, uh, 
the founder doesn't have a big bank account, but is a, a big God. <laughs> and he's not up there. He's living in us. Like, I don't know how to split it. Like, so we're walking by faith on this. So we go back to the beams. The guy starts measuring right down to the inch. And he's like, we need five. He says, I think this one's about 10,000 bucks. We're like, I think we missed it. And uh, we worked things out with him. And he says, uh, I, think it's, I think I'll give you all five of them for 2,332 and 17 cents. The number might be wrong. It is a weird number. Done. <laughs> beams, uh, the beams had to be brought over from one location to the other. They're, how do you get them into the building? All of a sudden, God provided a guy with a truck, a, a picker. They got put in. I wasn't there that day. And when they put those... Yeah, everything seems to just happen when we're trusting uh, he's not a genie. He, it, it sounds like this is easy. Uh, I'm looking for, ask my wife every morning how easy it is, if you want to know how easy. It's, Lord, do we keep going? And Lori says, did he say quit? No, get up and go. She, is, she sees the, the real, we got to get up and go until he says quit. Beams go up. One was within an inch. One was with an inch, right in place. The beams had to be set on fur posts. I don't know what the size that size. You guys come out and see. Uh, and they had to be on fur, solid fur wood. A month previous, uh, Rockford Bridge CN decided to cut all these fur logs too short. One of the men in the group phoned the other man and said, we need to get those logs just in case we need them. A month before we knew we even needed them. We're not smart enough to do all this. We're not smart enough to put all this, but we're seeing God. That is probably one of the most notable miracles at the start for confirmation for us as a core group. And everybody who walks in the building looks at those beams like, how did you get those up there? I'm telling you, two old men and a blind man asked for the strength and the wisdom to see it. And when you meet these guys, you're going to be like, he wasn't joking. These guys are dedicated to the Lord. They may have physical ailments that look, but I'm telling you, the, the one guy, he puts a hard hat on, and it just it becomes the Hulk. <laughs> so. now, let me just share something about these kinds of projects. You know, I was, uh, I was saying uh, last night at our meeting, I was, Lately on my Facebook feed, I get getting all these videos of uh, stray dogs being caught by some agency, and they're you know they're they're they find these dogs and they're wild. They've never been petted. One of them had little puppies, so she was growling like mad when they tried to come near. But they're 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 rescuing these dogs, and the process is a little bit arduous in terms that they have to create a bridge of trust. They actually have to take the time and approach extremely slowly, I mean, inch at a, at a time. And, you know, if you try to, actually, they tried to pet the one with the puppies, and they had their hand all wrapped in cloth and tied up because, you know, chances are that dog's going to bite you. But they took the time to make the approach in a way that could calm the dog and let the dog know that I mean you no harm. And you know what? Um, we haven't always done that with our evangelism. 
because sometimes we just want a quick fix. Sometimes we just want to say, hey, look at the effect we're having. We had this meeting and this happened. But, you know, if you're going to change a community, and this is about changing the culture of a city, this is about revitalizing everything from the social order to the economic order, this is about bringing uh, rejuvenation and the kingdom of God, it's going to take a while. And, and, and the char- you know, every kind of charlatan has come through town with promises and deals. And um, he doesn't look any different than any of those, as far as they know. And so some of us might think, well, you know, why aren't we going to preach the gospel right off the bat? Because we need to establish some validity in the community. This is the heart of God. You know, God said to Jeremiah the prophet, who was in in a heathen nation, who was in captivity, had been dragged there unwillingly in chains, the whole nation of Israel. They had desecrated the temple in, in Israel. They go to this city, and God says to the prophet, seek the welfare of the city in which you dwell. And, uh, you know, if we are going to win our cities, we're not just here to get numbers that come to church. We're here to change the, uh, the city itself. We're here to change. We're here to establish uh, the ancient ruins and we're restorer of streets to dwell in. And we're, you know, it, it takes an economy. It takes jobs. It takes, it takes stable relationships, families, emotionally well-adjusted people. And that's what Christ gives us. But the work to rejuvenate a community is multifaceted. And so this here is a step towards something. And lo and behold, God chooses the cesspool of the city. Of the town, right? You know, I mean, the awful things you know they, he talked about that happened in there. Guys have come by and said, "Oh yeah, this is where," you know, and uh, wow. very unsavory things. So this is what God does: the water of living, the uh, the living water of God, always settles in the low places, right? Because the water runs to the low places first, and so God is doing something. So, when you walk in that building. And the doors open because it's been the place it was for the last five, ten years. Those people are still come to us. You used to be one of them, right? I was going to get there. Okay. We have to do something. Get going. (laughs) Oh, you want to do something? No, I just. Oh, but I used to be one of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No. um, When when the lost, that's who's coming. Hey, you got me all messed up. Okay. Okay. Um, the bikers, they're still in town. I met with some of the other church leaders. We're not praying for them to leave. We're praying for a restoration for their families. Anybody who's involved with the Foundry Group knows where I stand on some of that stuff. God's doing a complete restoration. It's not, oh, we don't like him because he smells a little bit like pot, or we don't like him because he rides a Harley. He's doing a complete restoration. Is it easy? He's showing where I, where, what is in here. And there's still, the foundry doors will be open when this guy's completely dead, and we can love the bikers, the LGBTQ, prostitutes. And go down. 
hard one for me, the Baptist. <laughs> you guys laugh. That's not a joke. That's a hard one for me. And it's on camera, and some of them will watch. Those are my brothers and sisters. They do worship differently than we do, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And I want to touch on that point. We have to, I was so blessed two weeks ago about when communion took place here. We have to discern the body. We all look different. When I see God bringing resources through men that have been rejected in my community, cast away, their marriages have been gone to nonsense, their friends have been committed suicide, all those things, and they're coming to the foundry because something has shifted in that building. And the shift is Christ has planted his heart in there. And that's who's getting behind us to support us or coming alongside of us with uh, different ways. And, and the part that's really rocking me is, um, Mark said it, some of these guys I ran with, whatever you, what that looks like. But now as God is putting in my heart, um, I could have been in the grave where some of these guys are. But now he's given me a heart to love these men. And uh, me, and, me and my wife, uh, you guys got me up here as the face of it. We're not the face of this thing. We're the heart. We're carrying the heart of this thing for do what's right. My nephew and niece are the face of the foundry. Um, Graham and Lisa, do you just stand up for a sec? So the last year as the Lord's been tearing this building apart and tearing us apart, um, the community's been looking that the foundry is a building. The foundry, when are you guys open? Like, we, we need this. The foundry's not a building. The foundry is, is, is active, alive right now. And uh, Graham and Lisa have ran with that. Um, the foundry is active in the school with mental health. Um, they see a very parallel that uh, their, their mandate really parallels with us. Uh, the, the doors have been opened up with us. Um, we stick true to the gospel doesn't need to be preached. If somebody asks where my hope is, I, I love it because you'll find out right away if they want to listen to you. Uh, and I share my hope is Jesus. I, I'm not crazy. He told me to do this. We build a building. And they either leave or they want to know more. It's pretty cut and simple. We complicate it. We like, well, they might not want to hear. No, our hope is Jesus. But we're not plowing our way into school of sharing that. We're demonstrating it. And they go in there. They love the kids, uh, care for the kids, just be a friend. And uh, this last September, we decided to go public and uh, do an event on Main Street and share what the, the foundry is about. And people came out by the droves. There, there had to be six, 700 people showed up on our main street. Hottest day of the year, 25. Um, everything worked out. That's not what we were feeling up to the days before, but it all worked out. Um, and uh, what really touched the community, the event was we had four bands booked, we had bouncy castles, and we wanted to bless the other businesses. The part that people eased in and realized we were true, we didn't ask for money. We didn't ask for money. 
I had pressure coming from lots of angles. You got the people. You got to ask. You got to ask. They're here. They're wanting. They're wanting to give. Everything done in our lives has always got a string attached. I said to Chris, I'll speak. And I'm going to say it to you guys, I don't need your money. It's hard for some of us in the group. I need you to hear the heart of God. If he captures your heart, you have a neighbor. But I will challenge you with one thing. We are a body. We're a body of Christ. And I know where we are today, a year into this. He's shown me I'm not doing this alone. He's bringing what I need right down to the box of screws that morning I need them. He's bringing it down to every aspect. So when we did this event in September, that was the number one thing that really touched people. These guys didn't ask for money. And it's still, that's what's ringing in their heads. Who, how, you guys must have made a lot of money that event. Did you see all the people? Like, we didn't, we didn't take an offering. We didn't have any... Uh, offering is a word we use here. Out there, we didn't ask for a donation or anything. And... Uh, um, and our bar at the other end of the street actually finally opened up to me. They've been opened up to Graham and Lisa, but they kind of, because it was their, their best day in business. They sold lots of burgers. Did they sell beer? Probably. I, they weren't allowed to bring it outside, but that's not my point. But they had, they had a successful day of making money, and they're not struggling. And that's important. It, it's important for them not to struggle. It's important for the Chinese people not to the Chinese restaurant, and everybody else not to struggle. And that's, the founder is always like, we don't have it, the little we have, we're going to sell. And we're seeing the little we have become something so big. Um, so I left something out. My wife's so good. <laughs> the foundry name, like you, you guys all know what a foundry is? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh, but it, I was describing this place we were going to create to a cousin of mine. And he's like, that's a foundry. And it was the definition. There's diff, it's, it's pretty, it takes all the scrap and garbage, metals, and throws it into a hot furnace and takes all the impurities and puts it in molds. I'm like, that's what we're doing. God is using the imperfect people and he's bringing... The, the rejected people, sons and daughters, and bringing them into their identity is what the foundry is all about. And, I, and, and I'm one of them. And, and if you guys are here, you're one of them. So there is a fire that needs to purify us. Uh, and, and, and it's soberness. I put the shirt on about fear is a liar, but there is a, a reverence, a fear of of the Lord we need to have. There's a fear that's that's healthy. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, so the second day in there, I told you we got around and did a worship time and singing. You boys come get... Uh, and uh, I asked my close friends. It was their grandmother... That I that's had the vision back in '91. His family we walked close with over the years, so close that their great great grandmother 
told my parents to bring me home from the hospital at birth. So things are starting to unfold. Like, to me, it's like, oh, like, what, we're reading. But anyways, they, they sang this song to us in August. Hasn't been released, cut a CD. And I said, you need to release that song in the building. And uh, I said, just come as you are, sing that song, release it. They also sang this song at that event in September. The event wasn't a time for evangelism. It was just happening. People were like, what's the vision? Look around. The bikers are there. The old people are there. Everybody was there. The vision. It wasn't time to explain it. If you didn't see it, God opened eyes that they would see it. But the following week, a lady came up to me and says, they sang a song. And it was this song they're about to sing now. And she says, something was happening in me. Something was her words were goosebumps, hair on her back. Something was happening. And it gave me the opportunity to share Christ with her. What Christ was doing in our community. This, this, am I dead? I'm alive. <laughs> and as I shared with her the foundations of the foundry, it's, I realized that as we move on this journey with the foundry, it's going to be the one-on-ones. It's no longer uh, a, a big crusades. It's each one of you in this room revealing the mystery inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's a light that wants to come out of us. But here's the catch. Jesus said, If you want to be my disciple, lay down your life. Pick up the cross. That gets uncomfortable. We will not see the kingdom of God if we don't allow him to crush us. We won't see it. We can hinder his work on earth. So I invite you guys, as they sing this, they're singing about a nightlight. We all had them as kids to keep us from fear. But let's ask Holy Spirit to put his finger on what's hidden in the light in us to be revealed to a dying world. They want to see it. They hear it. But are we willing to lay down our lives? Let me just, uh, before we do this, um, about two years ago, I was speaking at an event in Holland, and the other speaker was a guy named Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Riley from Lynch, Kentucky. It's a town smaller than Onaway. And... uh, it's an economic, economically depressed area of Kentucky. Terrible scenario there. But he left this amazing large church in another part of the U.S. And the Lord brought him there. And um, the Lord began to do with him this kind of thing. The Lord just began to speak to him. said, buy that building. I mean, there was, there was no jobs, like 50% unemployment. I mean, it's a terrible scenario in the backwoods of Kentucky. The Lord said, buy that building. 
And so he bought one building, and, and he just, you know, in obedience, did one step at a time, one step at a time. Well, when I met him, they have a staff of like 70 now in their ministry. They run a ranch. They own about eight different businesses in town where they employ people, where they, I mean, these steps of just taking ownership over not just the salvation of your town, but the quality of life in your town. I mean, the scripture says that God gives life and that more abundantly. He, I mean, in order for us to survive, there has to, I mean, civilization is built on values that begin with the work of God in your, in your heart, but it doesn't start, stop there. It, the unfolding of it creates what we are living in. We are living in the wake of the work of God in the hearts of people, but it doesn't stop at lifting your hands and going to church and singing. It starts there in your heart. It starts in your local church and what you do. But if it stops at the door, we haven't brought the kingdom of God. And I remember when I heard him, I thought, oh, I'd love to do something like that in Spruce Grove. I thought, well, you know, Spruce Grove's kind of wealthy. We don't really need that. But, you know, there's something about this that was so attractive. And, and when I'm hearing, you know, Todd's story, I feel like, wow, you know, it might not be as bad in Onaway as it was in Lynch, Kentucky. But the answer is still the same. The kingdom of God operating in you that starts with love your neighbor. And like I was saying earlier, in terms of the things that can touch our lives spiritually, there's no end to the effect that that, that little spark of love and care, wherever, at whatever level it's going to start. God's probably not likely going to say to all of us, buy a building. But he might say, hey, why don't you mow your neighbor's lawn? Hey, why don't you have those guys over for coffee? Hey, why don't you... Loving your neighbor is not optional. And this is where it starts. Who knows what the end of this could be? Who knows if maybe the economic fate and the struggles we're, we're experiencing now as a nation are not in the hands of people like Todd and you and me. I believe that to be the case. So, Lord, what... Let's stand to our feet. Let's just stretch our hands towards these guys. Father God, we thank you for the vision that you've laid in their hearts. God, we pray right now that you would bless them, that you would guide them, that you would lead them. Father, that the Holy Spirit would minister and speak to them each day, that when it seems impossible, that you would continue to be their strength, that when the lies of the enemy are just coming at them hard, that you would continue to come behind them and go before them and place the right people in their midst. Father God, we pray for faith. We pray for faith, God. We pray for favor in a community. And Father God, we pray that the foundry would open its doors. And Father, we pray that Onaway would be a town that would be changed, touched by the blood of the Lamb, that salvation would be knocking on its door, that hearts would be broken for you, and that this town would be a new town. That's our belief. That's our trust. So give your servants faith and strength to continue to go forward in the name of Jesus Christ.
Can we all say amen? Amen.